everybody. So I'm really uh, looking forward to getting some feedback from this interview. Uh, it was it was great to do. I felt very edified after uh, talking with Dory, who's a podcaster friend of ours. And uh, so I hope you enjoy it. We had some static uh, in the recording that I couldn't 100% get rid of. And I'm sorry about that. But hopefully you can still hear us enough. Uh, and it's clear enough that you can get the important uh, discussions that we had and to get something out of it. And you can be part of the conversation. So sorry about that. Uh, but I uh, look forward to your feedback. Thanks so much. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast. We're really excited today. I love it when I get a chance to interview one of my fellow podcasters, especially Lady Pod Squad. <laughs> and uh, we're really excited to have Dory Benford here from the All the Fields podcast. And Dory, you've been on a number of times. So this is your first interview. So this is pretty exciting. I know. I can't wait. I always love chatting with you. So this will be a fun episode to add to our arsenal of <laughs> <Yeah>. money. <laughs> like our portfolio. You can get I know. The, uh, the, uh, we'll have to we'll sell the, uh, the box set. <laughs> the merch store. <laughs> the compilation. Yeah. I love it. Greatest hits. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so for people that don't know, why don't you introduce yourself and, uh, and, and people might not know of your ethnicity, your background, because we are a podcast. Uh, and so people don't see you. Right. Um, and, and we're, that's part of the reason why I wanted to have you on is to have your voice. And, and so why don't you introduce yourself a little bit to, uh, to our listeners? Sure. Well, I'm Dory and I host a fellow Hallmark podcast called All the Feels um, with two other co-hosts, Mel and Erica. And we are all based in Los Angeles and we all met working at a TV production company together. So we are all kind of in and around the TV industry, which is very LA. Um, but I actually grew up in Cleveland, Ohio. So I'm from the Midwest. Um, and, you know, I think that it's been a really interesting space for me to podcast in because I am a black woman um, reviewing Hallmark movies, which are largely not black at all, not diverse right. at all. So it's a very unique and interesting space, but I still love the movies. My mother loved Hallmark movies. She was the one who got me into them. So, and if anyone here has listened to all the feels, you know that a lot of times we really struggle with wanting Hallmark to do better and be better and be more diverse. Um, and so on our podcast, we talk about these issues a lot. Mm -hmm. and um we will continue to yeah i think it's great i really do uh so did did uh mel bring up the idea of doing a podcast or was it kind of a group idea or how did it all happen it was absolutely mel's idea <laughs> um so when we were working together we used to do a hallmark movie bracket also mel's idea every year on the holidays where we would just hit movies against each other. And then she and I would just like talk at work about which movie we liked best, which movie we thought should win the bracket, 
And it was totally just something for us that we did for fun because we loved Hallmark and we were working at a really crazy job. And we needed that outlet of like Christmas joy and Christmas cheer to kind of um, alleviate a lot of the stress we were feeling. So we did the bracket, I want to say for like two years or something, and Erica joined us as well. And then finally Mel said, you know, we should make this a podcast. It would be really funny. So the two of us, Mel and I started this podcast, had no idea what we were doing. We were truly reading blog articles, like how do you start a podcast? What is a microphone? Like we were not equipped at all to do this. Awesome. We, I love it. Yeah. But we just did it. Like we just learned and we just did it for ourselves. And then we're shocked to find out that people actually listened to us. And we are still surprised <laughs> that people <laughs> listen to us. Yeah. You guys were about, I think six months about before us. I, I think you started the Christmas before us mm-hmm. and we started in the summer. And, uh, and I remember, I've, I've never told you this, but when, when we were first starting, I would, I would listen to you guys and I'd say, I called, I had a nickname for you. I called you guys the snarky girls. <laughs> well, you know what? That's, that is correct. <laughs> there is no, there is no lack of snarkiness, yeah. <laughs> especially where me and Mel are concerned. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I really, really enjoyed it. And, and, uh, yeah, because you guys were able to cover the Christmas before us. So, uh, it was, it was nice to have that as sort of a guide of somebody, you know, once we went into the Christmas season, our first Christmas season, which was 2017, you guys had done 2016. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause when we started, we looked around and there really weren't other Hallmark movie specific podcasts. There were some TV movie podcasts, like some that covered Lifetime and Hallmark movies um, and other made for TV movies, but not specifically Hallmark. Yeah. When we first started, there was just you guys. And then after buzz had, had a show on when calls the heart and on the Christmas movies um, but, uh, but yeah, it was just, uh, it was just us. And then now it's become this. <laughs> this I know thing. we were pioneers yeah, I know. And, now, <laughs> and now look how uh, things have boomed. Now there are yeah. tons of podcasts and I think it's great. You know, I do too. the more the merrier, I think it's great because yeah. everyone has a different perspective. And I think that, you know, our podcast, we have no sponsors we are not authorized in any way shape or form so the blessing of that is we can say whatever we want and we absolutely do at all times yeah i I appreciate that too it's nice to have one place because we frankly don't have that right Right. ability you know it's nice that i feel like there's one space in this in this world that doesn't have to that can be that open, that can be that, uh, you know, in, in our podcast, we're also, there's also eight or nine of us at the time that, you know, you kind of have to work to get a, a unified message right. uh, with all of us. And that can be a challenge. Right. Um, but, uh, 
but uh, it's nice to have one spot where it's that you guys can, I feel like kind of uh, not I don't I don't feel like it absolves us and so that's why I try to do what we can but but it's nice to have one spot where I know <laughs> that you guys are gonna be awesome <laughs> unfiltered like unfiltered it always makes us laugh because um we did a podcast once me and Mel came on to Hallmarkies and Rachel started the episode with an apology for being too she was like I know I've been getting some a uh, feedback been too negative and like I'm really sorry about that and me and Mel are on mute looking at each other like well we are the wrong people to have on tonight if yeah, she's been we had just gotten like two, three reviews on iTunes that week saying, do they even like Hallmark movies at all? And I'm like, I'm sorry. I know. You know it's so stressful. And there's so many there in uh, during Christmas and you're not going to like all of them. And I mean, and I pride myself that we keep it real, that we're not, we're not a gush podcast. We're not, uh, we're not just going to, you know, say if we like it, if we don't like it. And usually I feel like there's one of us that likes it. I feel like it's pretty rare. In fact, I kind of hate it when I have an episode where there's only one or two movies and both of them I don't like. Like for instance, this last um, Valentine's, uh, I really didn't like uh, the first two movies that they aired. The third one was okay. And then I was just like praying that the fourth movie I would like, because <laughs> I was I just hate I hate having an episode where I don't like all of the movies. Yeah, and uh, and so I'll I'll try to get somebody on that episode that likes them that can be a counter so that I'm not. And it's right. part of the reason why I haven't been covering the television shows as much, except for Good Witch, because I'm not as big a fan of them. <laughs> Yeah, and so we finally made it work, so I didn't have to do it. Yeah, and uh, it's been <laughs> don't get it started, don't get her started, Chesapeake Shores, no. oh, don't no. get her going. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so I I've been trying to, you know, it was just a necessity. I was the only one I had to cover it. I was the one that needed to do it. But now we're made it work, so I don't have to. So it's, everyone wins. <laughs> everyone wins because you were not winning when you had. No. <laughs> uh yeah so i don't know it's an interesting thing I, you try to get that balance of being real but also being you know you have to know who your audience is too a little bit and uh, and so you know that's uh that, that's a challenging thing about podcasting and and yeah and then when you when you throw in sponsorships when you throw in uh, you know, other things into the mix, multiple personalities trying to all balance. It's, it's a challenging thing, but I think we do a really good job and I'm really proud. And I was really proud of our statement that we made uh, for the Blackout Tuesday. We put a ton of prayer and ton of thought into it about what we said. And uh, it was, uh, it wasn't something we did just to gain sort of social media points like we really put a lot of thought into it and uh, and so I wanted to have you on because I feel like you as a as a dynamic black woman podcaster in the Hallmark space like you have not that you are like 
representing all black Hallmark viewers. I don't want you to feel <laughs> that way, but I feel like you have an important voice and need to be part of this conversation. And uh, so I guess, first of all, let, let me ask you, uh, how have you, how have you felt about all of this with everything that's happened since George Floyd and the protests and how have you, cause that's what actually matters. Hallmark movies don't matter, right. but what, how have you digested all of that? How have you, have you, did you go to the protests? How have you, what, what is your involvement? What is your thoughts on that? All of that. <laughs> well, you know, I think it has been a really emotionally draining couple weeks. Yeah. Um, I think that, I think that when, I think this kind of goes back to the, at least in recent memory, this kind of goes back to the Ahmad Arbery um, case where he was, you know, shot on camera. So, and this was just uncovered a couple months ago. So that had just been in recent memory for a lot of people. So then to see the George Floyd video come out and on top of that, we are all in the midst of a pandemic. Everyone is home. Everyone is paying attention. It just felt like a lot of tensions boiling over and a lot of frustration and anger and pain. And I think that is the overriding feeling that I think so many of us are feeling right now. Like we, this is a major pain point. Yeah. Um, not just for Black people for everyone because everyone has a diff is is experiencing a different type of pain right now and so it has been an incredibly emotionally draining couple of weeks just i mean to see anyone killed is not great you know like that doesn't make any of us feel great and if you are black in particular it's this exhaustion because you see this over and over again and you hear the stories over and over again and, but I would like to say that in the midst of all that pain, I have also felt hopeful at the end of the day, because I think that I am seeing a lot of people who are waking up and having their eyes opened and becoming more vocal about um, Black Lives Mattering. And it is really, inspiring to see um so i'm kind of towing the line and every and I, you know we have talked about this you and i about just during the pandemic i was i have been all over the place every hour a different emotion and yeah. i feel similarly right now with what's going on i feel similarly i'm kind of all over the place sad hopeful angry tired um, for my part, what I've been doing is I've been sharing a lot of resources on social media. I think I'm really lucky. I have kind of a wide variety of diverse friends from all points in my life. And I've really been wanting to share information because everyone seems so receptive. So I've been sharing as much as I can that resonates with me. Um, I have not been to the protests in LA just because, uh, quite frankly, I am still not leaving my house unless yeah. I have to. <laughs> and <laughs> I am still 
um, as an anxious person, I <laughs> am keeping to my home because that's the other thing that's going on. Like this, a pandemic is still raging, you know, yeah, like especially I am, in LA, especially in LA and my support, my heart are with everyone who is marching in the streets. I think it is so important. It is vital. It is crucial. Um, and that work is so important. And I have been donating money to causes that mean a lot to me. And I've, so I've been trying to be very vocal. Um, and that's why for our podcast, we had to say something, mm -hmm. you know, I let it sit for a week because I was feeling very overwhelmed and very, I couldn't sort through my own emotions and I wanted to wait for a beat. So we waited for about a week. And after a week, I said, you know, Hallmark Twitter is my safe place. Like, this is where I go to pretend like all of the bad things happening in the world aren't happening. Yeah. But this was an exception. This story had bled over to Hallmark Twitter. It had, it, you know, there, there was no part of our lives that was not touched by this story. And so we felt it was really important to let people know where we stood, but to also give resources. Like I'm always trying to share resources with people. Like these are the organizations that we donated to and researched that we think are helping to make the world a better place. Like consider it. You don't have to donate to, but like read about it, expand yeah. your mind, expand your worldview. And so we put out a statement and we all just unequivocally saying that Black Lives Matter. And then we discussed um, different charities that we were donating to um, as a group to support. And so when I was first looking at it, I was like, I want to make sure that this is something like I don't want to get caught up in a movement and support something that I don't believe. Right. 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 And so I, I, I looked into it and I, I, I really feel like I was really impressed with what I saw from groups like the NAACP, uh, that it really was uh, looking for practical solutions to, to stopping this horrible, horrendous tragedies from happening. Right. Like, I, I didn't feel like this was a politically, it is political because everything is political. Exactly. But I didn't feel like it was political in the sense that um, I was going to be supporting candidates and issues that were sort of tagged on to this issue. Right. If that makes sense. And, uh, and so I was really impressed because I felt like they were actually giving real concrete solutions of things that, I mean, I'm not a police officer or know anybody who's a police officer. So I can't tell you that the things that they're suggesting are, are right or whatever. Um, but it sounded like at the very least that like they can't wait for eight or whatever. It sounded like at least this is a jumping off point. These are concrete suggestions. These are specific things that we can do that can stop this from happening because that's the most important thing to me. Right. That we need to stop police officers from killing people. Like that is ridiculous, awful. Like, I don't know what adjectives to use, but right. it's horrible. And I mean, you cannot watch that video of George Floyd 
saying, don't, I can't breathe. I can't breathe without, I don't know how you can't watch that without wanting to do something and being angry. And, and so that's what I was relieved. I think to see that it felt like this is something that is in a way sort of superseding politics and really getting to the core of these people uh, need to stop doing this. Right. (laughs) And we need to, as a society say, no, we value these people uh, that, um, how do I say, we need to, we need as a society say we value all human life, including of course, black people. And, and uh, I, I don't know, that was really important to me to, to see that that i felt like this was being done the right way right is that fair i think that's fair and i think that politics politics can really um skew things right because another another issue i was seeing just among my black friends and black peers was similarly with the women's march which i was in support of i you know, I thought it was beautiful to see. Um, but a lot of black people are asking, well, where are all those pink hats right now? Like, are Mm -hmm. you out for these, are you out for these marches about black lives? And I think that, you know, what, and what, and the point of saying that and bringing that up is that this isn't about right or left. This isn't about Democrat, Republican, conservative, progressive. This is about human life and human beings and people being treated fairly. And if you are for justice in one area, you have to be for it in all areas. Like that's just, that's, (laughs) that's, those are the rules guys get on board. And so I think that, this has been a kind of a galvanizing moment because people are starting to see like, you know what? Yes, we all need to be fighting for this, not just one group of people. We all need to be fighting to end police brutality because it affects everybody. Like the, one of the, um, one of the organizations I donated to was the, was a police, um, the national police accountability project or program i think it's called and they fund lawyers for cases of people who have been victims of police brutality people who have been murdered by the police and if you go to their page and see the people they've helped it's people of all races it is people of all different backgrounds like this is affecting us all and we really need to address it for everybody's sake And, you know, I think it's important to remember that. And I think more broadly, it is important to remember that when one group is suffering, black people are suffering, we are all suffering like this, you know, I, I, and I, and I hope that people remember that through this. And I mean, and if we really are trying to be the best kind of, uh, you know, follower of Christ, if we're trying to be, uh, a, um, to just, you know, to serve the way that he would have us do, which I know many of the listeners are, uh, he, he doesn't see, he doesn't see color. He doesn't see, he loves all, uh, all of us. And, 
And so we need to do the same. And, uh, and, uh, it's just really, really important. So I would encourage everybody listening to learn about this situation, uh, with, with George Floyd, why it touched a nerve, why it set off this, uh, and then learn what's happened before. And I, I would encourage everybody to watch the documentary, the 13th, which is uh, by director Ava DuVernay. It's on Netflix. Um, and it really is, I think, very fair. It has people from both sides of the aisle interviewed. It's not, uh, uh, I think it's very fair, uh, but it, it goes into the, uh, the prison system and how we are what we've been doing as far as police and the and black men in particular uh, and it's really good i highly recommend people watch it and uh, get an idea for what is happening and we need to be aware and we need to stop it because it's not right it it is not right and the 13th is a great pick i love that documentary it's also free right now so mm-hmm. no excuse yeah. get on get on your computer and watch um because i think it sets up important context dating back to right after the civil war mm-hmm. because none of these problems happened overnight like issues of race issues of police violence like all of this has such strong historical context that I agree is really important to understand if we are to make change and if we are to move forward. And I think it's also important that we like accept it. Like I, I know that these are hard topics and mm-hmm. we have, you cannot look away right now. Everyone needs to be coming at this with their eyes open because it's not going to go away. We can't just hope that things will change we have to actively be the change and knowing how we got here is an important part of making change moving forward so we'll put a bunch of resources in the description uh, notes for everybody to uh, learn more and uh, and so we can stop this uh, from happening and uh, and we can all speak out in our little ways that we have even if it's just with our own families that's very powerful and uh, so I kind of turning over to talk about sort of hallmark in all of this is I, uh, so as you said, <laughs> it's, it's pri- primarily has made movies with white and Caucasian leading, uh, leading uh, actors. And uh, so some people have said, oh, you know, that doesn't, it doesn't really, you know, it doesn't matter or here they've been adding some or why, uh, why do you think it matters that we have this representation in, in Hallmark or in just in movies in general? Because to be honest, Hallmark's not that much worse than the rest of Hollywood. Um, Hollywood is in general very bad at this. And uh, and I mean, look at the last Oscars. We had one actor of color nominated and it was for playing a slave. So yep. <laughs> they're still not, we're still not doing that great. Uh, yep. But Hallmark is, is, is a step below even that. Um, and so why do you think that matters? Why do we care? When? Uh, so how do you feel about that? Well, you and I have talked about this a little bit. Well, not a little bit. We've talked about this at length before. (laughs) And I think that just from a simple state of fairness, 
there need to be black people on Hallmark. Like you need to show, I, I often think of Hallmark similarly to like romance novels and women's fiction and that like, it is about the happily ever after. That's why we're here, right? And when you are only showing or mostly showing white couples finding their happily ever after, what you are saying to people who don't look like that is that you don't deserve that happily ever after. And I think that we need to reject that flat out because it's not true and it's not fair. Um, I also think that a diversity of actors and directors and writers and storytellers is needed for better stories. Yeah, I think we have run out quite frankly, in a lot of instances with Hallmark movies. It is, you know, we see this every season that these movies are getting less and less interesting to us, um, more and more similar. And if you have more diverse people at the table, you have more diverse stories. And I have never understood why Hallmark has not leaned into that because they need it. And I also think that there are plenty of people of color who have been side characters, who have been best friends, who have been confidants, who have been bosses on the sh- on the movies. Give them their chance because they're also people who that who the Hallmark um, audience connects to. Mm-hmm. You know, like that it is unconscionable that at this point Hallmark has not made a concerted effort to put more black people on screen on their network, especially, and this is my sticking point. They say it all the time. They say all the time, we are committed to diversity. We are committed to telling diverse stories. They've been saying it for years and the numbers tell a different story. So my main sticking point is if you're going to say that you're doing it, and that you're committed to it, I would like to see that commitment instead of you just saying that you're committed. Yeah, because they actually, this last Christmas, had less yep. movies uh, with people of color than they had in 2018. Yep. And in 2018, they had five. In this last season, 2019, they had three. And, and Lifetime has been doing much better uh, with 35% of their... Yep. Uh, films have uh, people of color and it doesn't seem to have hurt the stories at all if anything it's helped them like you said because you just think about it if you have people of color you have all these new traditions you have new festivals you have new uh new traditions cultures uh, and so to me it's like it's a win-win right you know i mean it's the same thing that if they were to all of a sudden do a story about uh, you know if they did a story about my culture where i'm i'm a latter-day saint i'm a mormon you have all the mormon stories that you could tell i'm not saying they're going to do that i'm just saying as an example every culture every group has their own traditions their own stories their own language their own everything and if you tell that story then that's more stories that you can tell it's more traditions that you can use it's more and it's it's just I, I don't know. I just feel like it, it just seems like a win-win situation. I don't understand what the what any kind of possible downside is. It 
I agree completely. And I've never understood why they have not cornered the market in this. Yeah. Like, like if you wanted to have a movie about, I don't know, if you, if you're going to have a Jewish story, you could have a Catholic story. You could have just every culture, every group right. has their own traditions and their own stories, especially at Christmas. And yep. so I, if, if it's well-written, then I just, I, I think that, I uh, that I don't know. I, it's hard to understand. I wish we could get some kind of answer from them of why it's taken so long and why they haven't, because you're right. They do pedal out that PR line of, Oh, we're committed every to year. Diversity. And then the, the few stories that they have are usually like, I, like for instance, Christmas everlasting, I uh, had a African-American cast but it was based on a book about white people. Yep. And it was not there in its bones is not an African-American story. Right. We had right. African-American traditions and legacy and, you know, that kind of a thing. And, and so it just kind of, I mean, I, I like that movie fine, but it doesn't really help. I don't think, them with diversity as much as maybe they think it does um and even then it's still just a drop in the bucket like why i would like to hear from somebody what's the argument against doing it, it just seems to make sense you're gonna have better movies i know i and we've also talked about this too with a lot of the movies that hallmark puts out and touts as you know having diverse leads people of color black people the movies aren't don't resonate as much and aren't as well done a lot of times because they just take a story that was previously envisioned for two white characters they just try and place two black characters in that story and it doesn't feel as authentic mm -hmm. this is more this is about more than black actors this is about hiring black writers and directors mm -hmm to authenticate and bring more depth to the to the experiences that we see on screen yeah. and it so you and i have talked about it's like diversity to what end like the diversity that you've given us has been so unsatisfying and that's the other part of this put yeah. some money behind these movies featuring black people and people of yeah. color really pull out all the stops give them the real snow like do right. it up make it like this is a ccb movie and that's what we want to see because we yeah. want to see it well done because when you do these kind of attempts that are lackluster at best everyone just comes away feeling disappointed everybody yeah yeah like it's not helpful in christmas everlasting Patty LaBelle is advertised as being this big player She's on the poster. She literally opened a door. That was her whole role. That's it. She opened the door and said, welcome to my house. That's it. That's <laughs> I mean, it. And at least that movie was a Hallmark Hall of Fame. So it had some gravitas to it. But I don't know. I just feel like it just, I don't know. I just feel like why not tell more stories? Why not have more people? Why not have more talent? Why not open yourself up to more of an audience? It just, in every business decision, even if I'm looking at it very 
uh, non-emotion. I'm trying to take that emotion. Right. Dollars and cents. Dollars yeah. and cents. Yeah. It just makes sense. Right. Why not tell more stories so you can have more people watch your movies? Right. And it's fascinating to me that they have not poached somebody at Netflix to get this started. Yeah. And, you know, I think that other networks, other streaming ser- services are gaining on them when yeah. they really could have cornered this market. Because the thing that I talk about a lot on the podcast is we complain and moan and talk about Hallmark and lodge all of our issues because we love it. Yeah. And I think there's something special that Hallmark can do. And to, so to see them willfully ignore entire communities in our country is very hard yeah. to sit with because they have so much potential to make these beautifully done, sweet, happy love stories. Yeah. And, you know, I think that when we look at some recent shows that have come out on Netflix, right? Like Virgin River like Sweet Magnolias, I start to see other networks and streaming services doing it better and Hallmark is falling behind. You look at a show like Sweet Magnolias and it is diversity out the wazoo and great storytelling and beautifully shot. That could be Hallmark. Like that should be a Hallmark show. And the fact that it's not, and they even lean into the faith aspect more than any Hallmark movie I've seen in a long time. They are in church in that show more than I've seen in any Hallmark movie in a long time. They are praying. They are talking to their pastor more than any Hallmark movie I've seen in years. And the show managed to do all of that. Faith, diversity, race, sexuality. love stories they did all of it and hallmark is falling behind that could have been them yeah that's true yeah and this is not just about uh having more black voices in hallmark we're talking about we want to see uh we want to see asian voices we want to see uh all different types why not i just don't understand Uh, i i love hearing about other people's culture i think it's great and uh, I, I just uh, like we did a we did a pitch session uh, where we where it was kind of a game where we we did different pitches and one of mine was to do a Chinese New Year's movie. Yes. How fun would that? That would be so fun. There's all Everything. different kinds of traditions and festivals yes. and parades and all that stuff that goes with it and food and and the you could have you could have all of the tropes that we love because we love the tropes, yes. but with it would feel new and fresh. Exactly. And it would give a chance for actors like Cardi Wong uh, or Lara Miata or some of these other ones that we love to get a chance to, to lead in a movie. And it would be great. It would be so, it would be, I would love it so much. I would be on so all happy. levels, on all levels, a Chinese New Year movie would knock it out of the park. Yeah. The visuals alone, like it is beautiful. If you go down, yeah. I am so lucky I live in Los Angeles. We have a great Chinese community that does it up for Chinese New Year. And it is so beautiful. And it's everything we love in Hallmark, right? It's parades. It's dances. It's like cultural festivals. 
is. Yeah. It is celebrating a holiday. It is celebrating, you know, the fr a fresh start, a new year, things that we love. Mm -hmm. And there's so much that can be done. And at this point, I think what's frustrating to me and you is that they it's like they are purposely avoiding yeah. this because it is in their face. And I have to say, I have been so heartened by Hallmark Twitter's response to Hallmark's lackluster statement that they put out about diversity. Like people came from all corners and were like, you guys cannot be serious with this statement. You, It was amazing to see. Yeah. Everyone was like, you gotta be kidding us with this. Like we wanna see some action. Yeah, it was pretty much just the same statement that Disney had put out, yep. but less good. Yep. <laughs> yep <laughs> and when your pr is less good than disney that's, that's not good, that's not good. <laughs> um but uh, i i so i made a list of i mean obviously i am a white lady in the suburbs so what do i know but i am a film critic i've seen a lot of movies so i made kind of two lists first is a list of films that i think uh you should see if you want an idea of the black experience and that aren't hallmarky style right, right. <laughs> okay so i'm just gonna list them if you have seen any of them you want to talk them we can or we can just move on but here's here's my list <laughs> and i'll put this in the description uh so i have moonlight fruitvale station hoop dreams step blind spotting the hate you give selma just right. I guess that's kind of hallmarky. Um, Black Klansman, <laughs> Malcolm X, Get Out, Us, and okay. So that's my regular list that everybody should be watching. These films, they some of them are R-rated. Yeah, so we'll proceed with caution, I guess, in that way. But um, what about you? Do you have any that you particularly like that you recommend? Uh, and that you think show the maybe help people to understand these protests a little bit more maybe help understand the situation i do i some formative movies for me growing up have been do the right thing and boys in the hood um you need to see those i haven't actually haven't seen them I, embarrassing they're uh, both are excellent and they when i say they are formative they have i saw them when i was younger and they have stayed with me my entire life um yeah. i think that they are really important films and um, just iconic. They are iconic films that I could not recommend more. Um, and I mean, Do the Right Thing is like <laughs> the height of Spike Lee. Like if you wanna see a Spike Lee joint, that's the one. Yeah, um, and he has a new one coming out this week. He does, actually. coming out soon. Film. Uh, I, I particularly, out of the ones I listed, particularly Fruitvale Station, and blind spotting, I would particularly recommend. And the hate you give, if you want one that's more for families, the hate you give is is very well done, I think. Yes. Uh, and uh, it, they did such a good job casting that film and really making it feel like this is a family, and uh, and being very uh, showing just every side to this and and what happens when this uh, horrific tragedy, this murder happens. I uh, and the the girl is there and how she kind of 
showing her path to getting to the protest at the end. And it's really, really well done. Very, very good. I loved the book and I thought the movie was excellent. I was going to say the book is great too. And, you know, when I think of more recent movies that have really struck a chord with me, The Hate You Give is definitely on that list. Fruitvale Station as well. Yeah. Um, especially Fruitvale. Like I saw that I was in my 20s. Like it just, it felt living in California. It just felt so real and yeah. all encompassing to me. I love Get Out more than I can ever ever express i saw it in the theater um so good in south la and it was maybe the best collective movie viewing experience i've ever had in my life because no none of us knew what we were in for and it was amazing yeah um when, when there's the auction i was just like oh my gosh, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah. because the whole because leading up to that you're thinking you're like no i couldn't be this isn't this isn't what i think it's gonna be and it is exactly your worst nightmare on screen yeah oh my gosh it's so good and i also would also recommend moonlight which i love which is just beautiful yeah it is such a beautiful story it is shot beautifully um i oh i loved that movie i was mesmerized by that movie and i would also add if beale street could talk which came out last year um or maybe two years ago at this point that is another that is similar to moonlight to me and that it just kind of the way the colors used and you just it's one of those movies that just wraps you up in it and and i think that the important thing with like moonlight and if beale street could talk is that they don't necessarily like it's not about like social justice right it's about a it is about a piece of the black experience yeah. a small story but that has universal appeal and that makes you think makes your heart ache yeah they're yeah really it's about getting movies. a chance the greatness that film can do is film can be escapism but film can also be a machine roger Ebert said it was a machine for generating empathy Yep. And what he meant by that is that you can, I'm never going to get, I probably will never meet anybody like, uh, I think it's Sharon, I think it's his name in, in um, Moonlight. I'm never going to meet anybody like that, probably, because I live in Utah and he's in Florida and, and uh, you know, just we're worlds away. I probably won't, but I can watch this movie and I can walk in his shoes for a couple right. of hours and I can understand more about his experience. And that's what makes it so powerful and so important. And uh, so, yeah, I completely agree. Uh, and there's lots of really good documentaries uh, that are out there about the about these topics. We've said the 13th. Uh, I mean, uh, Hoop Dreams was a really formative movie for me uh, about two boys in the, I think it's Chicago area that are, um, uh, but it's about two boys who are picked as prospects for uh uh, for the NBA uh, in junior high and sort of then follow these, the, the director then follows them for seven years. Mm -hmm. And it's really about their families and about their journeys. It's not really about basketball. And I, I just, it, it really changed. I saw it when I was in high school and I had certain ideas of like people in the city or whatever, <laughs> like, and it, <laughs> it really changed my, my view uh, to, to realize that, uh, that, 
you know, just to see these people and experience that with them was, was really meaningful to me. And so I love that, that film. Uh, I also loved the, the documentary step. Uh, I saw it at Sundance in 2018, I think. Yeah. I can't remember, but anyway, I loved it. It's about this um, step dance team in Baltimore and uh, how they're able to uh, all get to college and, and their, uh, their experiences together and it follows them for the year, the school year. And I thought it was really, really inspirational and, and great. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot of really good ones. As far as like Hallmark type movies, uh, I have, I actually have a pretty long list. Uh, so I have uh, Just Right, I have Something New, I have Last Holiday, This Christmas, Almost Christmas, Best Man Holiday, The Preacher's Wife, A Very Vintage Christmas, A Majestic Christmas, Marry Me for Christmas, Christmas Everlasting, Coins for Christmas, which is underrated. That one came out on the One Network and has Essence Adkins, mm -hmm. and she's really good. And it's a small, small budget, but I, I really enjoyed it. And uh, and then Dear Santa, I Need a Date was, my, was, a, <laughs> was a surprise hit last year in my book. I thought it was very funny. I enjoyed it, even with Ray J in it. Uh, <laughs> uh, the Christmas duet, Ghosting the Spirit of Christmas, was one on ABC Family last year that had lots of represent representation uh, in there. Uh, a Christmas winter song that has Shantae last year on Lifetime, and I thought it was very sweet. Uh, Merry Little Christmas. You liked, I hated it, but you liked it, so I put it on the Watch <laughs> it. Don't listen to Rachel. It's so good. It's so good. Don't yeah. listen to her. <laughs> <laughs> so Carol's Christmas, which was on OWN Network. They did three movies last year, uh, but really the only one I'd recommend is Carol's Christmas. Uh, and then one on Lifetime in 2018 that I, I actually quite enjoyed. Every Day is Christmas with Tony Braxton. It was a Christmas Carol. Mm -hmm. uh, version that I thought had a lot of heart and was really good. So there, there are those movies out there, but very few of those that I listed are actually from Hallmark. There's like two, I think. Yep. <laughs> yep. And therein lies the problem. Yeah. Um, but can I, I wanted to add a couple more movies because yeah, you got me thinking, um, <laughs> documentary. I actually have a dance documentary on my list as well. It's called rise. Oh. And this is about the dance style crumping, mm -hmm. um, which has made its way into mainstream hip hop dancing since its um, inception. And it's really interesting because it takes place, it kind of shows um, how crumping became a dance style and it, and it came out of the 1992 riots in LA. It is a very LA centric dance. Um, and so it's, and it's, um, uh, David LaChapelle directed it. So it just looks like crazy and amazing. Um, so I would recommend that. And I would also recommend I Am Not Your Negro, which I saw, I guess, last winter when it came out about James Baldwin. And I really think it's important to bring up James Baldwin because I can't think of another writer. I mean, I can think of many, but he is maybe my favorite writer to write about the Black experience. So if you're looking for someone to learn more about and read more about, it's him. Um, his books, his writing, 
is incredible. And then this documentary is narrated by Samuel L. Jackson about a book that he never finished because he died. And it kind of imagines what that book would be about, what that book would discuss, because James Baldwin had friendships with Martin Luther King, with Malcolm X, uh, with Medgar Evers. And it's like he watched these giants of the civil rights movement die before he did, and they were his friends. And so he had a he has a very interesting perspective and take kind of on their lives and what they meant to American culture and also black culture. It's a really great documentary. It's also short. It's an hour and a half. No, I know movies are long these days, guys. This one's like an hour and a half. You're you're in, you're out. It's yeah. great. Um Do you happen to know if that's streaming? It is streaming, yeah. Yeah. Is it on Netflix, do you know? Or I think it's on Netflix. I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix. Um look but it I up. recommend that. Sure. I recommend that highly. Um so those are two other great yeah. documentaries. But I have a couple other really Please. formative movies for me that I love and make me happy. And they are comedies. And I watch them every time they're on TV. The first one is Friday with Chris Tucker and Ice Cube. Mm-hmm. It never gets old. I love that movie. Few movies make me laugh harder. And my favorite movie from my childhood, House Party. Everyone needs to see House Party with Kid and Play. It is about exactly what the title is, A House Party. I love the clothes. It is so freaking funny. I love the clothes. I love the movie or the music. I love the dancing. Um, I love the comedy. It's just so fun. It is a very light, but also I think very sweet and poignant movie. So yeah. please check those out. Yeah, I haven't seen I haven't seen any though, so I've got oh some work gosh. to do. Rachel, I got some work to do. to see House Party. It makes me so happy every time it's I on will. Comedy Central. I watch it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I have to ask. Uh, have you, did you watch Green Book? I did not watch Green Book. Um, I read about Green Book, and <laughs> I <laughs> I read that it was something that I probably should not watch. <laughs> I did, but I, I, I'm a, I'm a white person from Utah. I, I did not think of it the same way that, uh, that I probably should have. I don't know. I, to me, it was an unlikely friendship and the acting was so good and I thought it was very sweet, but again, you know, I'm not, a, I, I, I probably, uh, I don't know. After, after, because I saw it early at a screening and, uh, and then, then other people got to see it and I was like, oh, I guess I, guess I can see that perspective. I just didn't think of it that way. Need to stop the killing of young men, period. I need to stop. <laughs> like the discussion is really good, but that's, I don't know. There's a certain point where it's like, yes, that's, we need to do that. And then we also need to stop. <laughs> Right. And we're like, and back to the main point that I'm trying to get at. Let's stop the murders. Yes. (laughs) It always, it always, always, always comes back to that. But I think that what's interesting about Green Book to me, and I think that what's really important about it is I think everyone should see it, watch it and formulate your own opinions and then Mm. read what other thinkers, especially black thinkers are saying about it. Because I think that Criticism is important in this too. Like these movies are great. Watch the movies, but read the critiques. Mm -hmm. Read what film critics are saying about them as well, because 
inevitably in any movie, you're going to have your opinion. And I like a whole lot of problematic stuff. Right. I mean, many people could say that me loving Hallmark this much <laughs> is problematic. So I will never judge someone for their problematic faves. But read the read the literature, read the criticism yeah. about it as well, because even if you like something, it's great to have your eyes open to someone else's perspective about why they didn't like it and many times why it offended them. Right. And I think that we need that. That's the great thing about film criticism. You pick up things that you missed and you see perspectives and points of view that you missed because when you're we all sit and watch movies based on our own lived experience no person can have the lived experience of every other person right and reading about the different takes like in you could read negative takes all day long you still liked green book and that's fine but now you have a better understanding of why other people didn't like it felt patronized yeah. by it whatever so you know i would i would say to watch these movies but also take it a step further and read the criticisms they're important yeah as a film critic i completely agree with that yep. <laughs> yes i love i mean i've always loved film criticism since i was a little girl and uh, and i think you get some of that uh that empathy uh that roger was talking about the the, the, the movies are a machine for creating empathy i think part of that is the 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 conversations yep the that you can have uh, about uh, about a film and uh, and so that's something that shouldn't be discouraged it shouldn't be uh, and and i think sometimes especially in the hallmark world we're kind of because this is like our escape this is our you know that we like don't want we don't want that supposed negativity right. uh when we really we really need it's okay to have it's okay to have our escapes, but we also, we also need to make sure we're doing the other part too. Right. And uh, so that's kind of my goal in, uh, in uh, my hope is in that in the podcast, we can, we can highlight people, uh, we can highlight talented people of color. We can encourage Hallmark and we can insist even, we can talk as much as we possible about it, but then we can also seek to entertain and seek to uh, bring some light into the your into people's days, and you know, to try to find that balance. Uh, but it's really important to me, and that's why I wanted to have you on, and I wanted to talk about this. And uh, so, we'd really like to hear our listeners. We'd like to hear your thoughts about these issues that we've talked about. Uh, you know, please try to be respectful and uh and share with us your thoughts what you would like homework to do and uh, we will uh, we'll have that discussion in the comment section or on twitter uh we would love to hear all of that and have and start having these conversations and if any of you participated in the protest we want to hear your story we had ann co-host ann who was in the one in nashville and so we got to hear her story and as 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 uh, our little a group of co-hosts and so that was really neat and we admire her and proud of her for doing that and uh, so we want to hear your stories we want to hear what you want in these hallmark movies what kind of change what do we mean to you share with us that uh, i want to hear it and uh, i i i just i hope that this can be a starting out point to have these discussions like you're saying because uh, it's it's important for me it's important for everybody and uh and so thank you so much 
for for taking the time to do this. This was really fun. I know it was, it was maybe more serious than our typical typical uh, you know going, talking about mysteries. <laughs> Talk about the mysteries a lot. Don't and uh, Holly Robinson Pete being a morning show <laughs> chef <laughs> solving crime. <laughs> Oh, there, there will be more of that to come. Yes. um, I just wanted to thank you for having me and thank you for um, not shying away from these topics. I know that it's not always easy, um, but I see the work that you do and I appreciate the work that you're doing. And, you know, I, as I keep saying, like all we can do, like, this is a fight that we have to fight together. And, um, you know, I think that I think that we're united in this and Hallmark is just a small, a small piece of the pie, but to us, it's very important. And so for us, the change will start there. (laughs) It's our little, our little spot that only we can try to make a difference, but we're going uh, to, it's my pleasure. And if I said anything in an awkward way to talk about these, please be forgiving, please be kind. Uh, we're, we're doing our best and, uh, uh, it's a, it's a really important topic. So, uh, so thank you so much. And, uh, we'll have you on soon again to do, like I said, something lighter and a little bit more fun. Uh, but, uh, where can people find your podcast? I know you guys are doing a similar episode. Uh, or, yeah. Yeah. We're going to record a similar episode. Um, I, you know, I think that, this is the time <laughs> to yeah. bring up all of these issues. Now is the best time to do it. So um, you can find us at All the Feels Pod on Twitter, All the Feels Pod on Facebook, um, and we will have a new episode later this week um, talking about diversity in Hallmark movies, but also the state of our world and how it connects. Because I think that, you know, it's easy for us to say, like, we just love Hallmark movies and whatever, but it all connects, right? Like all of this, it is the conversation eventually made it to Hallmark as we knew that it would. When they put out that statement, we knew that it would end up here. And so everything is connected and we just want to have a space um, to discuss some of these issues and hopefully, um, but hopefully make you laugh as well because you know we're always laughing and everyone needs to listen to that for sure and uh, so and make sure you're following the podcast the home keys pod and home keys podcast all over social media and itunes youtube and again we want to hear your thoughts uh, so please do that we really appreciate it and we have our patron group which is such another place for sharing and uh for discussion and uh, we are really grateful for that support and we're actually having this uh, weekend, we're having our second patron movie watch where we're going to watch All for Love. Uh, yeah, uh, yes. The, yes, the very fun movie with, with Sarah Rue. And we're going to have director Lee Friedlander and the writer Tracy and Doreen. Uh, they're going to be on watching it with us, giving their insight. And it's going to be really fun. And so if you've been thinking about becoming a patron, uh, then we, it's the perfect time now to, to, uh, to do that. And, uh, so we can watch all for love together this Saturday on June 13th at 11 a.m. Pacific. So definitely make sure that you have checked that out. All the information will be in the description section. So thanks again, Dory, you're the best. And you can find me at Rachel's reviews 
and read some of my read some of my critical analysis if you want right. read my review of, of green book <laughs> check it out. read her criticisms everybody <laughs> yes check it out and uh and uh i would really appreciate that I do weekly family movie nights and uh so uh take a look at that and thanks so much and we'll talk to you all later bye everyone thank you